0: You're now listening to the Legends Lingo Podcast. Here are your hosts, Al Powder and Maddie D. All
1: right, everybody. Welcome back in Legends Lingo Podcast. Episode 255 is always presented by studentunionsports.com. Make sure to check out everything at studentunionsports.com. You know all the podcasts by now. You know that there are blogs daily on the website. College football may be over, but college basketball is in full swing. So make sure to check out all of the action. On student union sports, where they will give daily picks, they'll tell you who to take, and maybe you'll win some money along the way. First things first, we got to give a shout out to the three of us because we actually all agreed on something. And we all got it correct. Congratulations to the University of Michigan for winning the national championship over the University of Washington. I believe the final score was what thirty to thirteen. Michigan, if I'm not mistaken, or no, um, was it thirty to thirteen? Mm, like
0: Thirty-four, thirteen, some shit like that. Okay.
1: <laughs> Michigan uh, rolled them
0: as I said
1: they would. 34-13. So it was 34-13, three-touchdown victory for the Michigan Wolverines, completing the perfect season at 15-0. and Real quick to open the show before we actually get into a little fun thing, before we get into all the Boston sports topics. Does Jim Harbaugh stay at Michigan?
2: No. No, I don't think so.
1: See? I think the NFL is calling. I mean, I'm— I think he goes to the Chargers, so. I mean, I'm almost inclined to say yes, because look at all the success he's had, and he can build himself— The way that like Nick Saban built himself. We'll talk about Nick Saban later on because we got breaking news on him within the last hour before we started recording. But I don't know. I just I think that Michigan could, if they wanted to, pay him enough money to keep him around and especially with all the NIL deals and everything in college athletics now. It's like I don't know. But I I also can see the other side of it of being like, oh, he can go to the NFL, he can coach the Chargers, he can coach the commanders, whoever wants to give him a good old contract. So I mean, I don't know. But again, grass to Michigan first. National championship since 1997, so quick math from that, that is 26, 27 years. So, again, good for Jim Harbaugh, finally getting his national championship. Excuse me. And by the way, you know who's here. Allie Higgins here, Tom Powder-Tadness is here, Matty Burnett's here. We're all here this week. Uh, Programming note, uh, we will be having a guest coming on with us in a couple of weeks to talk about Red Sox coverage. It is a guest we've had on in the past, and we're happy to have him back on again. We're not going to spoil it. Just a little teaser for the next couple of we, weeks. So be on the lookout for that episode in two weeks from this recording. Before we actually start the show, we, we got a personal thing to talk about. We, we got something, to, uh, mm-hmm. something to, to air out here. So as you know, the three of us are all in some sort of relationship. Maddie's in a relationship. I'm in a relationship. Powder's engaged. Going to be married in May. The only issue is, so Powder's obviously in the way because duh, he's getting married. He's actually going to be the groom. I <laughs> know. Okay. I'm one of the groomsmen, but Matt Burnett is not invited to the wedding. So this is this is what we're going to do for the next like minute or two, or maybe even however long Maddie takes. Maddie's going to give his plea to Powder to be in this wedding and why it would be beneficial for him to be in this wedding. And then powder based on the response is going to tell us whether Maddie did good enough to get invited to the wedding or if he has to do more or if it's not even close. So that's basically the three options powder. Yes. Maybe not even close. All right. All right. Do you have your, uh, do you have your speech ready? Yeah, I got, I got some points ready. All right. So so the point that I
0: made off, um, the floor is yes. to camera. Which I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again because now that we're recording, this is recorded now. So Al and his girlfriend are gonna be in there. Al's a groomsman. His girlfriend's what the officiant, right? Yep. Why can't I? Why can't me and my girlfriend be plus ones for either one of them? Like that's a legit thing. I get it. It's in May. Al's probably already sent the his uh, invitation back by then. But still, it's like that's a legit thing. Um, on top of that too, Powder, to you, uh, this is personal to you. Um, I think you're a fantasy football genius. Um, you know, the name Puffs, great team name. Absolutely great team name. And I, that's a champion winning name right there, if I do say so myself, which congratulations to you, Powder, for winning uh, our uh, fantasy football uh, league this year, taking down um, your groomsman, by the way, Al. So <laughs> I don't know if you could have a groomsman that doesn't know fantasy football well enough to um, lose a
1: championship. I know I didn't make the playoffs myself. All right. All right. That's just what this doesn't trash my fantasy football team. This is getting yourself to powder's wedding and this is horrible job. I'm not talking to you, Al. I'll talk to you in a second. Um, so I mean, and plus
0: powder too. Um, if you invite me, uh, I know I'm not supposed to get a gift or anything. I I am supposed to get a gift actually. Um, you know what? Let's go to Fenway. Screw it. I'll, I'll, I'll buy really good seats for you. I, I know you're a big Red Sox fan. I'm a Red Sox fan. Um, I like going to Fenway. You probably like going to Fenway too. I'll get, I'll buy some nice seats for us. Why not? We can go to A uh, and B Burgers right before, <laughs> uh, you know, over by the garden and have some, have some grub there, and then head on over to Fenway. Probably watch the Red Sox lose because that's all they're good for this year. But you know, it'll be a good time. Me and you watching, talking baseball, and what's better, you're a nice guy. I think you're a good friend of mine. I was willing to drive all the way up to where you live couple weeks ago before you know al got sick and all that and all those plans got ruined because you know again, not al's fault for getting covid you know i'm not gonna fault him for that one um like i was willing to come up to hang out with you because in, in, in truth powder i'm a little disappointed i haven't met you yet i want to meet you like in person <laughs> you know we've talked through a screen multiple times and Sweetheart. you're a great guy and i want to be there on your big special day because you know, when if the, me and my girlfriend, if we end up going all the way, which I think we're planning on it, um, I'll make sure you're there. I'll make sure, Al, you're there too. And I want to be there for you. Is that it for the play?
1: Is that it for the play?
2: You frozen?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so, it. Yeah. Sorry.
1: There we go. Is that it for the play? Yeah. All right. Okay. Powder, what's your reaction?
2: I mean, I like being buttered up. I like someone who compliments me. So I'd give Maddie. I think that's a really strong case. It's definitely something to think over and discuss with Rachel and see what she' going to look right now, um, see what she thinks, and go from there. But I definitely think it's a strong case.
1: Okay, yeah, we, I heard way too much, like, you know, pretty two-shoes, like, oh, I love you, man. No, I love you, too. Powder, you suck. All right, and, you know... Oh, you're just mad, you're just mad that I brought Hey, you. shut up. You already had your turn to talk. It's my turn now. So, congratulations to Powder. He did beat me in fantasy football. And listen, th- there's no there's no sugarcoating it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If it was a one-week playoff, Powder would have beaten me. If it was two weeks, he still beat me. So, you know what? Credit to him. Reddit to Powder for his team. It was a really good team. And you know what? I did have a feeling that when playoffs came around, something would happen. And of course, Christian McCaffrey goes down. Tyree Kill was was hurt the first week. Everything went wrong in the playoffs. And I was like, you know what? I, I knew the writing was on the wall. So I was actually profitable in this league. Took second place. So I doubled my money. So that's that's great. I'm happy with that. Powder took home the grand prize. And if there's anybody in the league that I would want to win, it would only be Powder because everyone else can pounce it. All right, stop sucking up to him. Listen, I've known him longer than you. You have, so you when it's you coming from you, it's sucking up for me. It's being a genuine friend here. Okay, I just want to make that being
0: clear. A genuine, okay, whatever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maddie's brain is in a pretzel right now, and the trashy, je- trashy donuts, trashy jelly donuts, fancy football league is adding a couple new members next year. We're expanding to a ten-team league. One member is already officially in, and we're waiting on. Word of another one potentially down the line, so it's going to be even more competitive next year.
0: I just like how the group chat is not – it's like we all have a group chat for the fantasy football league, but we do anything but talk about fantasy (laughs) football
1: in that group. Oh, not even close. Not even close. We're lucky if we even talk about anything going on in the NFL, let alone fantasy football. I'll just
0: just open up my phone up, eighty messages, and I just know it's all from the group chat. It's just from anything from – Whatever your brother is doing, Al, or whoever your brother is doing, Al, to like, Ugh. to like random things on
1: Instagram that he thinks is funny. uh <laughs> that 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 group chat is something else. And one of our one of the new fantasy members, who's a who's a coworker of mine and a friend of mine, he's already been like, yeah, I've already uh, muted that group chat. I'm like, you know what? I don't blame you one bit. He actually muted the group chat. Oh yeah, he did it did right away. Right away. I was he just looked at me. He's like, Oh yeah, I blocked that. Or I not blocked that. He's like, Oh yeah, I muted that. I'm like, I totally get it. Like I would have done it sooner. I am sorry that I didn't warn you sooner. But regardless, fantasy football is over. But talks of football in general are going nowhere, especially on this program, because we have a lot that we need to talk about. So let's get into it. New England Patriots have finished their horrific, abysmal, terrible, no good. 2023 season, they come away with a 17-3 to loss to the New York Jets in Week 18. That snaps a Patriots winning streak of 15 games that dated back to the late 2000s. The last time the Jets had won against the Patriots was about 2008, I think, or something like that. It's been a long time. But, I mean, as far as the game itself goes, it was snowy, it was cold. The actual game itself, I think we could talk about for a minute, and then we have a bunch of stuff out of the game that we can talk about. But as far as this game's concerned, thank goodness they lost the game. Because number one, how funny is it that the way the Patriots ended up with a top three pick is losing to the New York Jets. The Jets, by winning, helped the Patriots. So did they really win? Did they really win Mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things? The Patriots nailed this pick. They're going to look back and be like, why did we have to beat the Patriots in 2023, the last se- last game of the season? Because we gave them Jaden Daniels. We gave them Drake May. We gave them the- Michael Penix. Not that Penix will get taken top three. But we oh, gave them... Lo- no, joke about that, no. We'll- we gave them Marvin Harrison Jr., who's catching two touchdowns a game against us. Like, again, how Jets would it be the fact that they finally break the, the losing streak against the Patriots, and then the Patriots end up getting... A generational talent at three. It, it, it just, it warms my heart. It really does. It's great. But um, do you guys have any, have any thoughts on the game uh, just in general? We'll do more stuff probably next week about the Patriots season as a whole, but we're just kind of letting, you know, letting the team leaves kind of fall a little bit and letting everything play out. What say you guys about the last game of the season, if anything?
0: I was bored watching this game. Let me put it to you that way. Like this game was just boring. Like, 17-3, nothing went right. I mean, nothing went right for either team except for Brees Hall's 50-yard run at the end of the game. That was the most exciting play of the game in general. Um, I was just, when it ended, I was like, oh, thank God. Normally, I'm sad when it's the end of the Patriots season, but I'm just like, oh, thank God.
2: I have to agree Maddie. Honestly, in the fourth quarter, I fell asleep. Like, I was, it was... It was just at that point where I was bored watching the game. Like you said, there's no action. I didn't even see the Bryce Hall touchdown because it was boring up into that point, and I just fell asleep. And um, but like you said, it it was one of those. It's that first season, a long time. You're like, finally, it's over. Like knowing that the Patriots got the third pick and being excited for that. Like what the future holds, um, and hopefully the Patriots taking the right guy and. Which I think they will, but whoever it is, um, knowing that it'll be who's ever leading the Patriots into the future is um, exciting. Obviously, the Patriots season was not exciting, but knowing that they're planning for the future is.
1: One thing that the game kind of ended, and I know it's not official yet, but it, it's basically going to be official at this point. Uh, Matthew Slater, looking like he's going to be heading toward retirement, an all-time great in New England. One of the best special teamers to ever do it, multiple time Pro Bowl, or multiple time captain, three time Super Bowl champion. I mean, the guy has done it all, and he's just nothing but class, nothing but a leader inside the locker room, outside the organization, in the community, everything else. Like Matthew Slater is going to be on that level of Brady, Belichick when he eventually gets traded or, or leaves or retires, whatever it is. Edelman, like that level of of patriot. That's going to be. Matthew Slater when he gets his red jacket for being in the Patriots Hall of Fame, which he's is probably going to get a gold
2: year. jacket. See, that's a good I, question.
1: I think Slater gets a gold jacket. I don't think he's yeah, I
0: don't think he's first ballot. But you know, it's like when you think of football, you got to think of offense, defense, special teams. Like you can't just think, okay, this guy's good just because it's he has insane stats. Like special teams, obviously, you don't really get a lot of stats. But considering how many times was this guy an All Pro? How many Super Bowls has this guy won? How many times has he made clutch plays um, for the Patriots special teams? Like, he's a Hall of Famer. He is. I think he's probably like a third, fourth ballot, maybe. But he's absolutely going to go to the Hall of Fame one day.
1: I hope Baptiste does get the call to the Hall. I hope he gets the gold jacket along with the red jacket. I mean, he has done nothing but deserve it. He's done everything that's been asked of him. Keep in mind, this was a guy that was coming in trying to be a wide receiver. And he just stayed on by doing all the right things on special teams. That just proves that you can carve out a role in the NFL or any professional sport if you do something exceptionally well. So, again, had to give Maxi Slater his flowers, one of the best Patriots of all time, best in our lifetime. Um, David Andrews, after the game, getting emotional. Uh, Do we think we've seen the last of David Andrews in the Patriots uniform? I don't think we have. I think he's going to come back next year.
0: I think he's a surprise retirement later on
2: like that. I think I think we see him for at least one, maybe two more years. I think he will want to see what the next um era of Patriots football is gonna be like. And they still are gonna need that voice in the locker room. They're still gonna need that veteran leader.
1: And David Andrews is a perfect guy to do it. He always first at the podium, always, you know, no nonsense, does what he needs to do, says the right things, gives you actual answers. Like that's that's the good part of it. Uh, One other little thing, and then we'll talk about some other Patriots things. Uh, Kendrick Bourne posted on his Instagram, hopefully see you soon, and had a picture of Gillette Stadium in his Instagram. Very clear that Kendrick Bourne wants to come back to the Patriots in 2024. Does a deal get done in the offseason? I think... I'm going to optimistically for right now say that a deal gets done. I think they find a way to bring him back cheap.
2: Yeah, I think he takes a hometown discount to stay in New England because he likes it here, and I think again, another guy who wants to see what the future holds for this organization, knowing that if it gets pushed in the right direction, it could change very quickly.
0: Well, I think he stays simply because he's coming off with of an ACL. Right. Who's gonna like? Who's gonna want to sign a receiver who they aren't familiar with coming off of an ACL? I think that's. I think he's back in New England next year. Depending on whoever the GM is, if it's Belichick or if it's someone new, I think
1: I think he's back. Okay, so we're all in agreement. We think Kendrick Warren's going to be back as a Patriot in twenty twenty four.
2: Okay, yeah,
1: all right, I'm good with that. All right, so let's talk about the actual draft pick. So the Patriots now know they're picking third overall in the upcoming NFL draft. Chicago Bears have number one. Washington Commanders have number two. Now, obviously, we're going to talk about this for the next about three months because you have the draft coming in late April. And our resident uh, mock draft specialist-draft dash specialist-patriot dash specialist, Matty Burnett, is going to keep us up to date on everything throughout the offseason. That involves mock drafts, and everything else. But here's the way I see it right now on January 10th. Here's the way I see it. Washington's going to take a quarterback. I'm very confident they're going to end up taking probably Drake May. I think that Drake May is going to end up number two for Washington. This is where it gets interesting. It's all in Chicago because they can go two different routes. Realistically, Either they can say Caleb Williams is a can't-miss prospect. You got to bring him in. And then they got to figure out a trade for Justin Fields. Or they say Justin Fields is the guy. We got to build around him. Let's go get arguably a generational talent at wide receiver in Marvin Harrison Jr. Now, if I'm the Patriots, I have to take that into consideration because I think there's two picks that realistically will be there for them that they can take. I think if Williams gets taken one, May will get taken two, and then Marvin Harrison Jr. is right there for the taking if you want him. Because if not, He's not going by Arizona at four because they're sticking with um, excuse me, Kyler Murray for quarterback, long term. But if Marvin Harrison Jr. gets taken number one and then maybe Caleb Williams gets taken two by Washington, then you have your, your choice. You can take Drake May. You can take Jaden Daniels. Maybe even Caleb Williams slides to three and maybe he's there for you. Who knows? But again, You need to make sure you nail this pick. Whether it's taking the quarterback or taking the generational wide receiver, you cannot miss on this pick. So right now, and again, maybe it changes week by week, but right now on January 10th, 2024, at about 6.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as we're recording, who do you guys think the Patriots will take at three on the NFL draft?
2: Who's the pick? Maddie, you got something? You see, just I'm
0: running through options in my head right now, yeah. Because, or like scenarios, because now, I mean, you you nailed it on the head. You absolutely nailed this on the head. I'm thinking about who could possibly be there round two, um, because yeah, there's gonna be receivers there round two. So it's do you take a quarterback round one, and do you wait for a receiver round two? Because there's gonna be guys like um, like Mitchell. And Worthy from Texas, potentially, uh, Emeka Buga from um, Ohio State's going to be sitting there. Um, Xavier Leggett from South Carolina is going to be sitting there. Uh, Lad McConkie from Georgia Falls, he's going to be sitting there as well. Um, I just rattled off five receivers right who's, there. um Who's the kid from Florida State?
1: That's good. Uh, Keon Coleman. So that's a, that's another one. No, not even him. There was someone else I saw it on a mock draft, it might have been on Alex Barth of right, John City. Wilson yeah no no okay no <laughs> okay no. you're the expo you're the expert, you're the expert. We're, we're gonna we're gonna follow your lead you're the expert no, he he is like third he's third
0: round talent in my opinion um no um i think the smart thing to do here what i think is gonna happen is as much as pains me to say it i think uh, i think marvin harrison's gonna go one marvin harrison jr i think he's gonna go one so i, I really think deep down it's i think uh Justin Field somehow gets a miracle stay in Chicago. Uh, two is going to be probably going to be Kayla Williams. Three, Drake May.
1: Okay. I mean, I wouldn't mind Drake May. Here's the thing. Actually, I'll wait. I'll wait for, for when it's my turn because I, I have my pick and I think you know what direction I'm going to go, which is fine. I know, I know what you're doing. I know 100% what you're doing. Oh, you know, exactly. Yeah. Uh, right. Powder, Powder, what's, um, what's your pick at three right
2: now? Right now, I want the Patriots... They're going to drop to quarterback. I just think... I want them to get one. And I think... I think Caleb Williams is going to get taken. So, I kind of want... a, I want Jane Daniels. Uh... Because I just want a different look from the Patriots offense in this new era. I want them to have a guy who can be mobile when he needs to. Who... Who has a strong arm? Who can make the passes, but also can use his legs? We obviously Tom Brady the greatest quarterback to ever live, but he was a very pocket passer, could not move. I want to see a different style quarterback for the Patriots. We just, we, yeah, we had Cam Newton, but he was old and wasn't really the Cam Newton of 2015 that won the MVP. Um, I want to see a Patriots quarterback that can move, get first down with his legs. And Paul also make good passes, so I'm going Jane Daniels. Okay, so Powder,
1: you stole my thunder. Is Maddie? Is that who you had me taking? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Listen, Jane and Daniels, I think is the pick, and it's not because he won the Heisman. It's because, again, when have we had a good dual threat quarterback in their prime? Because people always bring up the Cam Newton example. Yes, I understand that. Cam Newton was five years past his absolute prime. So now you get a kid fresh out of college, played in the SEC, can do it with his arm, can do it with his legs. As long as you build around him properly, which Patriots have a lot of money in free agency. We know that. They're going to be one of the top five teams as far as um, uh, free agency money to throw around as possible. But so you better make sure you take Jane Daniels at three or even Drake May at three. You take one of those two at number three, you got to build around him and you got to make sure that he, they have the right pieces in place. Do not, like, excuse me, do not pull a Mac Jones where you don't, where you don't build the right pieces around him. I'm not saying Mac Jones didn't do it himself because like talent wise, yes, he didn't have it and we've already established that. But now you take the next quarterback of the future for hopefully the next 10 years you better be ready to build and you better be ready to have all the pieces in place. The offensive line, the receivers, the tight ends, the backs, everything. So right now it looks like Mia Powder are on the Gene Daniels train. Maddie's on the Caleb May train again. Maybe it'll change next week. We'll keep Tyler up. On. Hey, excuse or, uh, me. Uh, sorry. Drake may, Drake may. Sorry. Hmm. Um, Goodness gracious. Al. But yeah. So anyways, We'll keep keep talking about the draft as the weeks go on. One other thing we need to talk about with the Patriots, then we'll move into some baseball and basketball stuff. Uh, Bill Belichick, obviously, the rumors are out. Is Belichick staying? Is Belichick going? Supposedly on Monday after the season ended, he had a preliminary conversation with Robert Kraft. They're expected to meet at some point in this upcoming week. By the time you hear this recording, maybe they've already talked, but at this point right now, Belichick is still the head coach of the Patriots. He hasn't yet. My question to you guys is, what is taking so long with this decision? Do you guys think that it's Robert Kraft waiting to see all the options? Do you think it's Bill Belichick playing hardball and saying, you need to fire me in order to get rid of me? Or is it just a situation where both sides just genuinely don't know what they want to do going forward? Because I don't know what it is anymore. I'm hoping that by the end of this week, by the time we record next week, a decision is made of, okay, Belichick's either staying for another year or whatever, or he's gone, and we're going in a new direction. So, what's the holdup? What is going on here? Someone tell me. I feel like Maddie, you I, know best.
0: I just think it's Robert. I think it's Robert Kraft holding it all up. I don't think. It, I think this. You know, Belichick has been reported. That he's just running things as normal, as if he's you know going to be back next season. I think it's Kraft. I think he knew what he wanted to do, and then Mike Vrabel gets fired. So now it's like shit. What do I do? It's do I really want to say goodbye to Bill and bring in Mike Vrabel? Because the thing is, you don't think Vrabel's probably already, his phone hasn't been ringing since yesterday. The second it was announced that he's you know he, he's a, he's on the
1: market, he's available. It absolutely has been ringing since yesterday. But here's the thing: I don't think the Patriots can talk to Vrabel until a uh, position's open.
0: That's the thing. And I think I think right. Kraft is, is considering all options, and there's a lot of options on the table. Because if you get rid of Bill, do I get rid of him as a coach? Do I get rid of him as a GM? Do I keep him as one or the other? Do I get rid of him altogether? And then on top of that, it's you got to look at okay, who can we possibly bring in ahead of time before that? Because you know Kraft's never been in this position before, so I think it's all new to him too as well. He hasn't been in this
1: position really, so. Right. And, and at this point, Powder, before you go real quick, I just want to bring up the coaching jobs that have come up because actually before we even started recording, there were a couple of firings that had happened and coaches that were let go even before we just started recording. So there are exactly seven jobs that are currently available right now. Uh, Ron Rivera was fired by the commanders. Brandon Staley was fired earlier in the year by the Las Vegas uh, sorry, Los Angeles Chargers. I'm on one today. Wait, excuse me. Uh, Pete Carroll a surprise firing on Tuesday. Uh, fired by the Seattle Seahawks. could going to take a role as an advisor for the Seahawks going forward, but that head coaching position is open. Obviously, we know what happened with Josh McDaniels in Vegas. We know what happened with Frank Wright in Carolina. Arthur Smith fired from the Atlanta Falcons. And Mike Vrabel fired on Monday from the Tennessee Titans. People are saying that part of the reason Vrabel got fired is because when he came back to be honored by the Patriots, some of the words he said about, you know, there's no place like New England, and that rubs some Tennessee officials, including the owner, I believe, the wrong way. So Mike Vrabel being out there is significant because supposedly there's mutual interest in wanting Vrabel to end up in New England. And Maddie, I think you're onto something where... Robert Kraft probably did want Mike Vrabel to come back and be like, hey, you know, poach it, you know, poach the team. But I think part of the problem is too, and I hate to bring it up, but Brady, Tom Brady, that whole situation that happened after the 2019 season, how he left, I think Robert Kraft is saying to himself, shit, I don't want to do this again, where I let go of the greatest quarterback of all time, but nothing and did that wrong. I'm about to get rid of arguably the greatest head coach of all time and get nothing for it, that's where I think part of the problem is. Powder, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. You're good. You have to
2: say. You're good. Um, No, I I agree with you guys where it's probably, like, it's probably Kraft trying to figure out his best options. Like, maybe he is calling and trying to see if any teams would trade for Belichick and see if if there's any offers out there for him. Because obviously, like you said, Al, they're – he doesn't want to let him go and get nothing for him. But obviously, you don't want to wait too long and let a lot of the good head coaches get taken up. So I I think they need to make, like you said, Al, they need to make a decision as soon as possible because you don't want Mike Rabel to get picked up in the next week while you're still sitting on your hands trying to figure out what to do with Belichick.
1: And I think part of that is because they also think that if Mike Rabel doesn't work out, oh, we have Gerard Mayo waiting. Waiting, like, licking at the bit to be the next hand coach in the Patriots. He's just waiting in the shadows for, for the right moment to, you know, seize his opportunity. But to your point, Powder, yes, you can't wait around. If Mike Vrabel is the guy, and I know a lot of people were saying, well, Mike Vrabel, you know, isn't an upgrade from Bill Belichick. Yeah, no doubt. No one's going to be an upgrade from no, Belichick. No, no one. No But it's the fact now that if you're going to move on, it's because you need a new direction. You need a culture change. Not that Belichick doesn't still have the culture of the locker room, but you just need that new voice in there. Someone to just bring some different ideas, some different philosophies and everything else. But if you're going to go with Belichick, which that's Robert Kraft's decision, then fine. But let us know right away. So that way it's like, okay, we know who our head coach is going into 2024. We know who's going to be making the decisions. And we know that Belichick's going to be prepping for the draft. Do we like it? No, but at least we'll know exactly what to expect.
0: Yeah. I think uh, one last thing I want to add about Belichick to uh, his future. I think with the news that we just got about Nick Saban, by the way, I think it's going to play a factor, too, because you see Alabama was considered the Patriots of college football. Hmm. Nick Saban right. just retired. And they're good yeah. friends. And yeah, so. Good friends. You don't think they're talking? You don't think Belichick's going to reach out to him? You don't think they're going to talk? They're in the, you know, within the next week or two? Like, all right, like, what are you thinking here?
1: Yeah, and that's actually a perfect segue. We'll just talk about this part real quick. This was breaking news that came out literally right before we recorded. Um, Alabama head coach Nick Saban has announced his retirement. I thought he announced his retirement last year and then decided to come back. I, I don't know if I'm crazy on that one. I thought I saw something. He never year. announced it last year. I, I thought he did. And he was thinking about it last year. I think that okay. Last year. I, I was going to say, I saw a report last year. Yeah. It's a little it. But Nick Saban retiring from college football, one of the best college football coaches to ever do it. Six national titles at Alabama. He also won a national title at LSU. People forget that. And he didn't really have success in the NFL. Obviously, he had his time in the NFL with the Browns, with Belichick. He coached the Miami Dolphins, too. But that was uh, a colossal failure. But as far as college football coaches goes, you can't go on a Mount Rushmore and not put Nick Saban on it. Mm -hmm. One of the best to ever do it. One of the best recruiters to ever do it. He just knew how to do it all. So, you know, good for Nick Saban. Congratulations on a great career right off into the sunset. But bringing it back to Belichick, I mean, yeah, maybe Belichick is talking to Sabin because yes, their friendship is very well documented. Everyone knows how good of friends that Nick Saban and Bill Belichick are. So now the question is: you have Pete Carroll that stepped down, you have Nick Saban that retired. Is Belichick next? I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities. But again, we need—we can't be sitting on this for a week, two weeks, a month, month and a half, two months. We can't. There's a potential, excuse me, exactly. They need to decide now because there's a big decision for the future. This is, and, and I listened to Zolak and Bertrand and Mark Bertrand said this on 98.5, the sports Hub, and I agree with him on this. This is the biggest draft in Patriots history in the last 30 years. In the last thirty years, this is the biggest draft, bigger than 2021 when you took Matt Jones, because at least you had a little bit of a foundation, but you had some players in place still. Now, you don't know who's going to be, you know, manning the reins for this for this team. You don't know who's going to be taking the first-team snaps. You don't know what this team's going to look like, but you have a generational piece that you can bring in, and you better make sure that you nail this pick correctly. Matt Jones has taken mid-first-round pick. Okay, fine, whatever. This is a top-three pick. If you mess up on this, oh, boy, are we going to have a field day? Boston Sports Media is going to have a field day. Everyone's going to have a field day. hmm But right now, and we'll just, we'll wrap this up. If you had to put 20 bucks on, is Bill Belichick back in 2024 or is he gone? Actually, let me rephrase that. By next week, by the next time we record, is Belichick still the head coach or have they made a decision? Because I think, just real quick, I think this is going to be
2: prolonged way too long. I think they're still not going to have a decision made. I would not. I would not put money on. Yeah, I agree. I would not put money down Dice the decisions to are made by next week.
1: Which is sad because, you know what, all these other teams are trying to move. These other teams like the Chargers and the Falcons and these other teams, they're already conducting interviews for their head coaching positions. So if you're going to do that, that's fine. But you got to make the decision.
0: Now. Ben Johnson has four teams already
1: reached, already has four interviews. And he's still coaching for the Lions right now. Exactly. Because of especially I like that window where you can interview for jobs and everything between your playoff chances, which I get. But again, it's, you're right. It's get on the horn and either let Belichick, you know, do his thing or get the next head coaching here. You can't, you can't let this linger out. Anything else on Belichick before we move into something completely different?
0: Please leave. <laughs> Just please leave. Thank you for everybody. Please leave. Oh
1: man. All right. All right. Let's move on real quick. We're actually, before we get into all the baseball talk, we have a little Celtics tidbit. So the Celtics have a tough stretch coming up. They played excuse me. They played two games in Indiana. Split that mini-series. One on Saturday pretty convincingly. Lost a heartbreaker on Monday night without Jason Tatum in the lineup. They're facing the Minnesota Timberwolves on Wednesday night, who are one of the best teams in the Western Conference. And then they have a back-to-back on Thursday night as they go to Milwaukee to take on Giannis and the Bucks. So well, the Celtics should be three and one in this gauntlet of schedule, but it seems like the refs may have screwed them over. So in the Indiana game, it was late in the game, tied at 131. Jalen Brown, three seconds left, attempts a jump shot. Gets hit in the head. I believe it was by Buddy Heald. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think so. So Buddy Heald supposedly hits Jalen Brown in the head. They don't call a foul. Or they called the foul, and then Indiana challenged it. And Indiana had a successful challenge, and then Indiana got the ball back. And with .5 seconds left, they called a similar type of play on Kristaps Porzingis. And then Indiana hits two free throws, they end up winning the game, 133-131. And it was a heartbreaker of a game and just a, a travesty of a ref show. But with this, I want to ask you guys one question. And this is something that you don't think of because the Celtics, I mean, let's face it, the Celtics are doing incredibly well so far this year. They're 28-8. and eight. The only team to not have double-digit losses in the NBA at this point in the season. That's pretty astonishing to think of. Mm-hmm. But if you take a look at their games and you take a look at the games they lose, they lost to the Pacers by two. They lost to the Thunder by four. Like taking a look at some of these other games, they lose to the Warriors by six in overtime. They lost by 10 to Indiana earlier on in the year. Doesn't worry you guys at all that late in games, the games that are tight, the games that are, are close toward the, the last two minutes, The Celtics seem to come out on the wrong side of those games. Does it concern you at all for playoffs when they're going to be playing the likes of Indiana, Milwaukee, Miami, Philly? Does it concern you at all?
2: Obviously a little bit with you, but I think they're too good. I think they'll figure it out by the end of the year and be able to close out games. I just think they're getting
0: unlucky sometimes in these close games. I think that's what it is. Um, You know, you had the ref show the other night. You had, you know, you're playing Oklahoma City, who's, you know, one of the best younger teams in the league. Who, They they are going to get some big-time wins. Um, On top of that, too, every team that has won a championship, they've gone through, like, a spur of games where it's, all right, they had a couple of close losses here and there. It looks like they could have won or should have won, but they didn't, or they might even go on a losing streak. Happens to every happens to every team that's ever won a championship. I'm not worried about this team yet. If they, if they go on a like a serious skid, not like what the Pistons just did, but if they lose like six, seven in a row, and it's like it's ugly, like a couple of them, then it's like all right, we got to talk. But I think we'll truly get to see what this team is going to look like coming out of the All Star break
1: next month. So I'm really hoping that this isn't you know a sign of things to come. I'm going to tell you something. They better be able to close the game when it's like like those games that they lost to the Thunder, to the Pacers, to the Warriors. Where if it's close, they find a way to come out on top. Because they're not going to win every game by 25 points, 30 points. They're not going to do it in the playoffs. They need to be able to win those grinding, grueling type of games to be a championship team. So, I'm not worried about it, but it's on my radar. It's something that I'm going to think about. And especially with this two-game little series against the Timberwolves and the Bucks. I mean, if the Celtics go 2-0, and then I'll probably feel much better about them next week. So we'll see what happens with those, but just just something small that I wanted to kind of bring up with that. Um, anything else with the Celtics that you guys want to really bring up before we get into some Red Sox talk? Good to go on that. Okay. All right, but before we get into the Red Sox, we got to talk about our friends at A&B Kitchen and Bar, A&B Burgers, and Powder is going to give you a little ad read.
2: Yep, A&B Kitchen Bar and A&B Burgers is our, like I say, every week. We are graciously sponsored by them. Um, A&B Kitchen Bar is located in Boston, Massachusetts, right across the street from the TD Garden, where A&B Burgers is up in Beverly, Massachusetts, the North Shore uh, whether you're craving burger, or pizza, or fish and chips, or meatloaf, or what have you, it's the best spot to meet up before, after, during a Bruins or something, especially both of them are still playing really, really well, the atmosphere around the garden is absolutely unbelievable, um, it's definitely a place where you want to meet up with your friends for a great drink, great food, um, uh, and hang out, and... Catch a game on one of their huge TVs and be right in the atmosphere if you don't have tickets or uh, get some to you right before a game. And if you go there, make sure that you tell them the Legends Lingo Boys send you.
1: Shout out to our friends at A&B Kitchen Bar, A&B Burgers. Great time. Incredible atmosphere. Better people to meet when you go to A&B Kitchen Bar, A&B Burgers. Excuse me. All right, let's talk about the Red Sox a little bit. Uh, Red Sox losing out on two more free agents that they were supposedly late to. Uh, Red Sox lose out on Teoscar Hernandez. He signs a one-year deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers for $23.5 with some of that money deferred. Red Sox also lose out on left-handed uh, pitcher Shota Imanaga from Japan. He ends up signing a deal with the Chicago Cubs. So put it this way, guys. It's not as much that they're losing out on these players because, like, Teoscar Hernandez, Shota Imanaga, they're not going to be, you know, game-changers right away. But they would have helped. Mm -hmm. You know, Imanaga in the rotation, Teoscar Hernandez in the outfield, power bat. But it's the fact that they're turning back into, or not even back into, they continue to be the interest kings. Like, sure, you signed Lucas Giolito. Big deal. He's going to be gone after 2024. Where's that big contract? Where's that four or five-year deal committing to a guy that's going to help you potentially bring back a playoff atmosphere and everything in Boston? Where are those signings for those young guys that are, you know, for seven, eight-year deal? They don't want to do it. It's so abundantly clear. Ownership does not care about this team anymore. Because if they did, they'd be going out and making it better, not to be trying to shed payroll. Let me try to get under the $220 million threshold. Like, again, we always say this, you're the Boston Red Sox. You have the money to do it. Why are you continuing to act like a small market team? Is it the same money to try to give to Liverpool to get Mbappe to come over? Like, what? what is the reason? I just wish we had a more direct ownership. And by the way, the news that came out today. So if you're like me and Powder, who are uh, Red Sox winter weekend veterans, You'll know that there was a time where the Red Sox had basically uh, Q and A with ownership, Q and A with Alex Cora, and manager, and everything. They did it last year, absolute failure. Jerry Karabas was there, was kind of like the spokesperson. He was asking tough questions, and ownership was kind of answering but not answering. And this is something I'll give Hein Bloom credit for, and we'll talk about Hein Bloom in a minute because there was just a little news came about out about him earlier in the week. But at least he was honest and was like, you know what? when we win like it's great but when we lose we got to take the punches and we got to you know go from there at least he recognized that part mm-hmm. and i can i can commend him for that but again this team continues to just operate and and not have a plan like if you're planning on going into the 2024 season with the rotation of Brian Bale, Lucas Giolito, Nick Pivetta, Cutter Crawford, and maybe Tanner Houck that's not good enough unless two guys take astronomical jumps That's not good enough. And guess what? Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery are still in the free agency market. And there are some other free agents that are out there as well. Just got word a couple minutes ago that Marcus Stroman is a name. The Red Sox throw around one of five teams that are checking in on Stroman. Uh, Red Sox are also checking in on Jorge Soler. Uh, Apparently, the Red Sox and the Blue Jays are the two favorites to end up getting the services of Soler. Well, the Blue Jays are going to get him. Right, but that's the thing, Powder, and I'm glad you said that. I know you were joking about that in a way, but it's true. That's how Red Sox Nation is right now. If it's between the Red Sox and the other team, oh, the other team's going to get them. The Red Sox are involved with the Yankees and the Dodgers. Oh, the Red Sox are that. The Red Sox and the Royals and the Cubs are in on this guy, for example. Oh, the Royals and the Cubs will get him. That's how Red Sox Nation is right now. They have no confidence in getting any type of talent. So why are you ducking the fans why are you ducking the fan base because you know you're going to get booed and yelled at and everything yeah of course because you're doing a shitty job with your franchise you're you're selling overpriced tickets you're selling overpriced alcohol overpriced food for what to put out a team that's maybe gonna win at the best 70 games this year like it's bullshit i'm sorry but it is and it really aggravates me because this team can be so much better, but they just have just, like, terrible ownership at this point. I do want to hear from you guys your thoughts on the Red Sox losing out on these free agents and just kind of the offseason they continue to have because I'm done trying to figure out this team because it, the last good memories on Powder sweatshirt right there was the 2018 World Series. It's just, it's a 119-win team. Don't you forget it. it. It's just a pain in the neck. It absolutely is.
2: Just, like you said, Al, having them be the interest kings is just, at this point, just annoying. You want them to go out, sign a free agent, just commit to someone? Like, why haven't they gone out and got a Jordan Montgomery? I don't think he, I think he's going to be in the $150, $175 million range. That's really pretty cheap right now for starting pitching, especially if his calibrates a He's a mid-three ERA guy that's gonna be boost your rotation. That's gonna give you innings. He's not a strikeout guy, but he's gonna get you. He's gonna pitch close to 200 innings, 30 starts, to, and win you some games. Like it's just go out and get someone, and don't keep saying, "Oh, we're interested," and then someone else signs someone. Just go out and get someone and prove to fan base you care. And like you said, I was gonna say it too if you didn't say it, but. It's kind of a telltale sign that the ownership does not want to do their town hall this year after how last year went where they were booed and everything uh, on stage. Like, they don't want, they're billionaires. They don't need to stand in front of fans and get booed. They could care less. Like, they don't care about the Boston Red Sox right now. You, You can tell, like, that's not their top priority and they don't want to get them better.
0: So I just yawned. I just yawned. You just saw that on camera. Everyone was watching. I just yawned. That's how I feel about this this team. That's how I feel about the organization. This team was boring. They suck. And you know what? I'm going to say something that's going to blow everyone's mind right now that's watching and, you know, the person that's currently next to me, too. I'd rather, you know how much I hate the freaking Boston Bruins. I'd rather watch the freaking Bruins and the Red Sox. That's how freaking pitiful this team is. <laughs> That's saying something right there. Like, I'm not even... I'm probably not going to go out of my way to go get Nessun somehow, some way. Uh, since, you know, YouTube TV and Nessun don't get along for some reason. I'm not going to go out of my way to find, find a way to watch Nessun or watch the Red Sox. I don't even care. I don't. It's like every week. Every week, it's the same thing. Oh, we lost out on this guy. Oh, we lost out on that guy. Here come my reactions. Of, this team sucks. It's like... Why do we even bother wasting our time talking about this team? They're not even worth it. Like, I'd I'd rather watch 13
1: Reasons Why on repeat than than watch the Red Sox. We have to talk about this team because they're just so unlikable right now. And that's what's fun about it is the fact that they're so unlikable. And it's funny because it just continues to happen. Again, they're going to... We're going to wake up tomorrow and or Ace is going to have a two-year, $20 million deal with the Blue Jays, and we're going to be like, the Red Sox could have done that. Marcus Stroman will sign with the Yankees for like a two-year, $26 million deal. Oh, the Red Sox could have done that. But again, the Red Sox don't want to do that. They're content with, again, they're overpriced everything, making their money, and then anything on the field that's good is a bonus. Sell the team. Sell the team. Mm -hmm. The Red Sox are in the worst position right now for all of Boston sports. Right now, it's Celtics, Bruins, Patriots, and then 50 feet of shit, and then the Red Sox. That's where it is right now. Red Sox aren't even in the ballpark, no pun intended. They're not even close right now. And that's the sad part because, you know, even 10 years ago, it was flip-flop. The Red Sox and the Patriots were on top. Celtics and Bruins were afterthoughts. And now we have to watch this baseball team get pounded by the Yankees, pounded by the Rays, pounded by the Orioles, pounded by the Blue Jays, and they're just, they're okay with it. It's so sad. Would not surprise me in a couple of years of Rafi Devers' request to trade. All right. Would not surprise me in the slightest. Sound. Yeah, the town hall thing, powder, that's such a weasel move. No, like especially John Henry. At least like Sam Kennedy will actually talk during press conferences and stuff like that. John Henry's a weasel. I'm sorry, like I just I can't stand him anymore. Go do your business, your business venues, your business acquisitions, whatever you want to call them. Go do your business decisions somewhere else. Go with Liverpool. Go with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Go with you know whatever else. Just leave the Red Sox alone. Give them to someone that actually cares. That actually has a heart about it. Oh, excuse me. Anything else about this putrid team before we kind of wrap
0: up for the week? One last thing I'll say, one last thing. Go for it. Opening day of the season, not not at Fenway, of the season at Seattle at ten ten p.m. Zero chance Red Sox fans are watching that game. Zero, a lot of them at least. Zero chance Red Sox fans are staying up that late to watch the Red Sox. That should exactly. something right there. Considering how devoted Bostonians are to their um, to their to their teams, no shot that happens. Nope. Like Al, I know you. Uh, you're, and Powder. I know. I mean, maybe Powder. You'll stay up, but I, I know you, Al. You're one of the biggest Red Sox fans I know. Powder, you're the other one. You guys really gonna stay up till ten? 10- Freaking fifteen! Times Absolutely not! Not no. even close! Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's a weeknight too, isn't it? Like a Tuesday night or something like that.
1: Probably. Um, I mean, I, Powder, and I are in agreement. Opening day should be a national holiday. Truthfully,
0: mm-hmm. well, I think what a national holiday should be is the, the freaking Monday after Super Bowl Sunday, because everyone. Not true. That everyone has, like, a food baby from all the chicken wings and shit that they eat the night before.
2: It's a it's a Thursday. They open yeah, it's Thursday, a- 328, at 10.10 10 p.m. against the CL Mariners. Yeah, no way. No shot. No way. <laughs> no way. No
1: chance.
0: I'll watch other baseball that day, but I'm not going to watch the Red Sox. Yeah.
1: No chance. Uh, all right. Anything else you guys want to talk about that's on your uh... – hearts or minds before we uh, wrap up for the week. No.
0: Powder is the greatest uh, fantasy football uh, team owner of all time. And that he beat you, Al, in the championship.
1: Team Powderpuff. Rate and subscribe to the Legends Single Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, and everywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Make sure to check out Everything that's going on at studentunionsports.com. If you want to get involved with Student Union Sports, whether you're a writer, an editor, a podcaster, behind-the-scenes person, whatever it is you want to do in the sports management industry, hit up Liam Smith, Liam, at Student Union Sports. Make sure to follow all the social medias on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, everywhere else where you can find Student Union Sports content. We'll be back next week. Maybe Bill Belichick will still be around. Excuse me. Maybe Bill Belichick won't be around. Maybe the Red Sox will have made a move. Oh, I have no life. Keep this up. Maybe they can. Maybe they can actually, you know. Maybe they can actually make a move. Make a trade. But who knows? Probably not. Again, programming reminder, we will have a guest on in a couple weeks with us. Maybe we'll even have a guest on next week, try to get two guests in a row. We'll try. Who knows? But for all of us here at Legends Lingo, that is Tom Powder Cadness. That person is Maddie Burnett. I'm your host, Alan Egan. Thank you for watching episode 255. Thank you for listening to episode 255. And we'll see you next week for episode
2: 256 yes sir